Hello, sugars. How are you doing? I know we took a couple of weeks break. I've been, it's been very busy. And honestly, my dog has been very sick. So my little Sophie had some heart failure. She's okay now. She's stabilized. She's on heart medicines for the rest of her life. She's kind of like my grandma Hazel, I guess was, but <clears throat> she's just an old lady now. But anyway, so I apologize if I've been, if dear Maddie's been gone for a couple of weeks, but it's just, I was just trying to get with that. And then if I don't get out that other podcast with Jake, you know, he's going to bitch at me. So I've been putting out the TV Tea Time podcast. So I apologize. Hope you didn't. Well, no, I hope you did miss me because if you didn't miss me, then then who's going to validate my self-worth? Anyway, um, it is April. What the hell, sugars? It is happening. I hope none of you played any really mean April Fool's jokes. If you did have, if you're upset about it and it's ruined a relationship, write in. Ask me a question. We'll help you out. This week's episode, this is from one of an episode I taped last August. And it's with Nick Loper of Side Hustle, uh, well, the Side Hustle Show, uh, which is his podcast, but his website and everything is called the Side Hustle Nation. He works a lot with entrepreneurs, tech people, two things. I love this guy's voice. He has such a calm, soothing voice. I was like, oh, so don't go to sleep on the road if you're driving. But he's not boring, but it's just so soothing. Secondly, this is like my boyfriend freaked out when I had him on the show because you know, I, I'm just starting to listen to more entrepreneurial podcasts and, you know, there's a lot of pod, I feel like there's two camps of podcast listeners. So people that listen to like stories and narrative stuff and then the people that are really into entrepreneuring and changing your life and things like that. Nick Loper is definitely more of the, uh, of the latter, the former. I don't know. I don't have English skills. I'm sorry. Oklahoma education sometimes. Anyway, but, um, Nick is just, he's just an, he is an inspiring guy, but what's cool is that he's one of those people who just doesn't say, go live your dreams, start a business. Like he actually, what I like about this episode and people wrote in questions kind of ask to me asking about how do I start a side business? Like I have a question from a teacher and things like that. So that's another, another reason why I wanted to have him on the show because I was like, I don't fucking know how to do this. But Nick is actually like, no, this is how you do it. And he gives steps about it. So, and he does it a little bit on the show. He does it on his website. It's just, it's just great. So I hope you enjoy it. Hope you get something out of it. And um, sugars, I'm back. We'll have a new episode next week as well. As long as Sophie, bless her heart, maintains good energy. Um, and yeah, I'll see you at the end of the show. Here you go. All right. What? Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dear Maddie Show. It's a podcast. I'm your host Matt Mar. Today on the show. I have somebody that my boyfriend is very excited about, Nick Loper from Side Hustle Nation. Welcome to the show. What's going on? Hello. I, I say that because, Nick, my boyfriend, I was I didn't tell you this earlier because I wanted to save it for the recording. <laughs> I just yesterday, just he is really into like entrepreneurial stuff. Like when I went to podcast movement, and I like entrepreneurial stuff too, but I I like really my like kind of what got me into podcasting was like the Moth and uh, Radio Lab and kind of more story narrative podcast at first cuz I'm an actor, you know, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what got me in. But so I've been exploring more and I'm and but this is all my boyfriend listens to is business and and how and financial freedom and all this kind of stuff. So I'm anyway, what's, so what other show what other shows are his favorites? So he listens to you. He also listens to at podcast movement. I got a, a 
One of the guy. Oh, what's his name? He's super famous. I got my picture with him. My boyfriend freaked out. He's in San Diego. Um, um, uh, Pat Flynn. It's yes, yeah, yeah. He listens to Pat Flynn show. He actually, I, I, um, my my Yeti mic right now is on a pile of books, and one of them is Bigger Pockets. <laughs> so yeah, Brandon, uh, Brandon and Josh were there. Yeah. So and yeah, and I told him that they like. Next year, it's going to be in Anaheim. And he's like, I'm going to this. So it's going to be like Comic-Con for him. That's he awesome. is. And so anyway, just I just told him yesterday, because I, you know, I'm scheduling out, think about it. And I texted him. I was like, by the way, tomorrow I'm interviewing Nick Loper from Side Hustle Nation. And it was like, he immediately, I thought he was busy. And he immediately called me back. And he was like, what? When? <laughs> what time? And, he, and he's not, he can't be here. And he was like, damn it. He was so upset. So. My boyfriend, like, loves your show. He wanted to say thank you. Like, he um, literally, he always talks about what he's working towards is what you talk about so much. I think there was even, I noticed a picture on your website. When he, people ask him what he's working towards, he always says freedom. That is what he's working towards. So you've definitely, you have definitely influenced him very much. So I appreciate it. Well, hopefully, um, I won't let him, hopefully I won't let him down over the next uh, half hour, 45 minutes. Well, let's not. And also, too, Nick Loper, do you do voiceover? Because your voice is like velvet. I, no one has ever told me that before. I got hired no. for one voiceover gig, and it was like I was offering something completely unrelated. They were like, will you read this one-page thing? It took like 10 takes. It was like this. Like I thought I could read, <laughs> and I thought I could speak. It was like, this is going to be the easiest money I ever made. It was impossible. Like, I was like, this is a never, never again. So I haven't done it since. Well, if you ever want to get re-inspired, I don't know what I could do for you. But <laughs> anyway, you have a nice voice. You have very nice. So thank you for being here because I know that like we barely know each other. We just met at Podcast Movement, and I, which I've told my listeners, get ready. Pretty much all Dear Maddie shows for the rest of 2015 are going to be awesome people I met at Podcast Movement. And, um, and yeah, so we met, we connected, and you're here, and my boyfriend's freaking out. So, But tell everybody a little bit. So what I'm super interested in is, obviously, you're the host of Side Hustle Nation, which is a podcast, which is, you've been doing this for how long now? A long time. We're uh, three years deep into the show, uh, kind of do a weekly, primarily interview-based show with you know, successful side hustle entrepreneurs, people who started something on the side and have either turned that into a full-time thing, or they say, hey, I'm still happy at my day job, but I do this thing because it makes me happy, makes me money. And it's been, the, the show has really taken on a life of its own, which I didn't expect. And it kind of just started like most, like most things do as an experiment. Hey, we're going to see what happens. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just been a ton of fun. Like it's gone from this kind of afterthought thing to being absolutely the, the highlight of my week. Oh, I love that. I love that a lot. So like, tell me, a little bit about the genesis of this so where so uh where i mean just where like were you doing a side hustle before were you uh, is that what prompt or did you were you just interested in people that are side hustling like obviously you're passionate about entrepreneurs so like what got you all what where'd you dip your toes in the water sugar (laughs) my my original side hustle was was kind of a random one it was a footwear comparison shopping site back back in the day when comparison shopping was like a big deal oh i didn't even know it was it would aggregate the catalogs from zappos from amazon from shoebuy.com from like you know dozens of these different footwear retailers online and spit back out the best price like if you're looking for these you know nike shocks model you know whatever xyz here are the 10 stores that have them here's special discount code exclusive for um for shoe sniper.com was the name of the site and so that's what I was doing. That was it's kind of three years of nights and weekends while working corporate, 
to be, you know, before I felt comfortable quitting my job on, uh, on the back of that business and lots of ups and downs on the entrepreneurial roller coaster. And during one of those down times, like kind of a soul searching time, like, you know, what do I want to be known for? Like when people Google me and that's where side hustle nation came from was like, you know, I'm really excited about this idea of, you know, helping people earn money outside of their day job. I think that's a really empowering moment when, when somebody pays you for, you know, a skill that you have or something that you've built. And, you know, I'm, I'm more than my job title. I am more than my, mm. you know, employer and, and helping people achieve that uh, for the first time. Cause it was really empowering for me and kind of trying to spread that gospel of this like lower risk brand of, of entrepreneurship. I love, I love that you said, I think that's so fucking important. Oh yeah. You can cuss on the show, Nick, whatever you want. It's fine. We say <laughs> everything here. Um, but it's so important in that, I feel like there's this, just a shift about our our ideas of career and job anyway, because I think you really hit on it. I'm more than my job. And whereas, you know, my father, my father in Oklahoma, Chelsea Marr, that's my dad's name, he's a plumber and lived in southern Oklahoma his whole life. And I'll never forget what we my brother called called me because he went to visit my grandmother's gravestone gravestone at her uh, her gravesite. I know Nick, you're like, where the hell is this story going? <laughs> but sorry, I have gay D, so welcome. And um, but so anyway, he goes to visit. And my brother calls me and he's like, our dad is fucked up. And I'm like, what? And basically, my dad had already made his own gravestone. Like he went ahead and got it done with his name and everything on it. And his excuse to my brother was, well, one of y'all probably fuck it up or you'd forget. <laughs> So I just thought I'd do it and get it done. I know that's my dad. That's very but, morbid. Uh, yeah. My dad was like, hey, it's just practical. Just <laughs> practical, sons. I'm like, all right, dad. But uh, but on what really hit me as far as like the power of work and my dad's job titles to me is that he actually put his plumbing logo on his grave, on his grave, uh, on the gravestone. Like, and I was so shocked by that. And he also put, and this is some country shit right now, Nick Loper, but um, sorry, I'm going to say your full name the whole time because I just like it. I think it reminds me of like Three's Company, Nick Loper, reminds me of Mr. Roper, and I just enjoy it. Um, but anyway, so, uh, and under his, my dad has all these sayings, like he tells us stuff like, remember, if you run with the lame, you're going to limp. If you, uh, if you stay up with the, with the screech owls, you can't soar with the eagles. I mean, all these kind of random quotes. But one of the other things he's, he always used to tell us, and he put this quote on his gravestone, and it, said, it says, he worked first and played later. And that's what my dad always says is you got to work first and then play later. But his identity is so wrapped up. That's the whole point of this long story is that his identity is so wrapped up and he is a plumbing contractor and he builds houses and that's what he does. And I think even, and I don't even take it offensive. I really almost think it like even more before, even though he's a great dad, before he would even say I'm a father, he would say that. And I feel like, why do you think there is such a shift where I feel like, millennials but even i'm 37 and how old are you 33 oh that's your jesus year sugar what does that mean oh my aunt peggy see i'm from the south sorry uh, my aunt peggy when i turned 33 she called me she said matthew this is your jesus year and i said what do you mean she's like this is the year jesus died he did so much so you have a lot to do oh, no pressure jesus <laughs> i know and i'm like so apparently you get to save the sins of the world, Nick. So good luck with that. Yeah, no, I didn't have enough on my plate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but so, yeah. So um, anyway, 
I, th- I think for our generation as well, and even my brother who's 40, and uh, it's much different. He has like he actually is a plumbing contractor with my dad, and he started a drone a drone rescue um, rescue and uh, search and like through drones. And oh, cool. he has yeah, he's all into that kind of stuff. So I do feel like for I guess people more in their mid 40s on down that we do we don't. Why do you think we don't see? And I'm asking you because you've interviewed a lot of people. Why do you think we don't see our identity wrapped up with our job as much as maybe an older generation? What what changed about that? Well, it's one thing, and I can tell from your your story of your dad, like he takes a lot of pride in that work, and that's totally fine. Like I get, you know, I was just talking about this on Facebook today. I, you know, sometimes have to fill out these forms that ask for like occupation, like for, you know, customs and immigration forms or like, um, you know, it was like an investment opening a, a Fidelity account. And it was like occupation. I was like, I don't know what to put for this. So I put author mm. and then my wife like laughs at me. Um, <laughs> and there you are. It's kind of a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing because, you know, a lot of the stuff that, that I do and that a lot of people do is like, how do you describe that? Like, it doesn't fit into like teacher, lawyer, you know, doctor, plumber, like it doesn't mm-hmm. you know, fit under that anymore. Um, and then a lot of the times, like it's, you know, the, the freelance economy, the gig economy where we you know, have several different things going at, at one time. So it's hard to, you know, in a way, it was simpler times. You know, I could label myself, yeah. I'm the plumber and this is what I do. And, you know, you're very clear about that. But, you know, in our case, you know, what I was doing five years ago is completely foreign to what I'm doing today. And it just like there's this constant ebb and flow. And I don't think that I'm unique in any way because of that. But it's, you, you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. So it's kind of like the ability to to adapt and like, you know, maybe have your, your core tenets, but like, you, it's hard to say what that, you know, overarching life, a job, a label title is going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's a lot of pressure. You're right. And, and, and thinking of it that way. Huh? Well, so, so with like, what do you think is, and I know there's a lot, if you're, you're super interested in the audience then obviously go to side hustle nation, subscribe to the show. If you like it, leave a review. Cause leaving a review is awesome. And, um, I wish they'd make that easier. Don't you wish they could leave a review from your phone? I don't know why they haven't done that yet. Or if they have, I don't know how to do I it. I thought you could, I don't know. Well, I thought they could, you could maybe, I don't, you know more about tech. You're smarter than me. Nick. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, Nah, I'm pretty sure of it. Um, but so what with doing Side Hustle Nation, what do you feel like have been a couple of factors that you feel like has been the determining um, components for people that are interested in starting their side business? We have some, I have some questions from my listeners today. And honestly, you're not the first. I've been holding these questions knowing you were coming on the show, but we've had these type of questions before. So I think like a lot of people are interested in starting businesses or even nonprofits or something in addition to their day jobs. What do you think are like one or two things that kind of is making, it makes other people more successful at it than the ones that don't find success in it? A couple of things stand out, and the first is the willingness to start before you're ready. Like just 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 today on the show, released an episode about a former hairdresser who you know started doing social media consulting, and it was like, hey, I use social media, you know, for my hairdressing to find hairdressing clients. I'm totally qualified to do it for this giant chicken restaurant, you know, owner who came in and sat in my chair, and it mm-hmm. was. You know, that that confidence to say yes to something, even though inside you're probably not ready to do it. Like my roommate in college was excellent at this. Like he's a, you know, super techie, like computer programmer, software engineer type guy. 
And he would go to this job interview and they were like, do you know programming language XYZ? And he's like, straight face, yes. And like you go home, <laughs> you know, that night and cram all night learning the you know, syntax of this language, go back the next day and ace, you know, the technical part of the interview. And it's like, I would have been like, no, I don't know. Yeah, like, uh, like, yeah. What is that? You know, why don't, why don't you use a language that I've heard of? Come on. And, yeah. you know, so that's one of the common things. The other one is, you know, the, you know, kind of adopting the experimenter's mindset of saying, especially, especially when you're doing it on the side is like, Hey, you know, if it doesn't work out, like I still have a roof over my head, I can still put food on the table and you have a little bit more freedom and flexibility to, to try things out that may or may not work and, and kind of still land on your feet versus, you know, the, you know, I'm going to jump off the cliff and, and build my parachute on the way down. Like I can never be that, that mm-hmm. type of entrepreneur. Yeah, I can't do. I was just talking about this with, uh, who was it? Was it was it Brian Tier? No, it was was it Angus? Anyway, I was just doing a show that hasn't aired yet, but we were talking about the whole how when you people say you know the whole leap in the net will appear and quit your day job now, and that is terrifying to a lot of people. It, it actually sometimes can I think thwart success rather than inhibiting and and enabling it. Yeah, you know, like you know, burn burn the ships, and yeah. <laughs> and I guess like you, it's sink or swim. Like you have to make something happen, but that's a that's a scary proposition. That's why like I try and preach, you know, low risk, uh, you know, ramp up slowly, ramp up as you're comfortable. Like don't make a bet you can't afford to lose, and it's not as sexy as you know Silicon Valley. You're gonna build the next Uber, and you're gonna raise billions of dollars, and you're gonna ring the bell at the Nasdaq, but. It, it, Hopefully it's more appealing to, you know, the broad majority of, of people who aren't in a position in life where they can just, you know, cut ties. Hey, we got obligations, you know, to make. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, oh, okay. I could go on with you forever. But we do have questions and I want to get to them. But before we get to any questions, I know. So you've got the podcast going. Anything else that people can look out from you or that you're working on right now or that you'd like to talk about? The the show is the, is kind of the main focus content-wise. Um, so you can find that at SideHustleNation.com. The, I'm working on a book project that is a working title uh, called Buy Buttons, and it's all about you know these pre-existing marketplaces that we can use to you know earn extra side income, to diversify our revenue sources, or to kickstart you know something that could turn into a bigger business. So that's coming out this fall. I don't I don't have a launch date yet. Ooh, and so do you mean like things like Amazon and things like that? Yeah, like some the of these are going to be household names, like that. Amazon, eBay, Craigslist, uh, Uber, Airbnb. But then there are hundreds of platforms that I hadn't even heard of that I turned up in the research for this thing and you know found different users and case studies for people who have success on these platforms. And it was just a ton of fun to, uh, to compile and uh, looking forward to putting it out in the world and seeing what happens. Uh, and I already, my boyfriend's already going to buy that book when I Perfect. tell him what you're doing because he's... <laughs> We're yeah, we're he's gonna love that. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, um, and we'll keep people updated on that. Like, who knows? Maybe we'll have you back to talk about the book. But let's jump into some questions because Charles is waiting. So uh, this is from Charles, age twenty eight, and he says, "Dear Maddie, I'm having a ball." Oh, he lives by you. He says, "I'm having a ball living in the San Francisco area, but at the same time, I think that it might be time for me to move." See, I currently just got laid off from a third job that was a startup company. I work in sales slash marketing, and my passion is working with tech entrepreneurs, and I love being part of the ground floor of a company. The problem is that I've been here for four years, and I can't seem to get with a company that has stain powder power. My older brother lives back home, and 
Oh wow, in Seattle. Is this is this about you, Nick Loper? In this question. <laughs> This was perfect. So, okay. Yeah. All right. So, because for you know, audience, Nick is from Seattle and lives in the Bay Area now. So, okay. So, the Charles also says, my older brother lives back home in Seattle and is begging me to come run his successful um, or his distributing business. But that type of work just bores me. Still, I feel like just when I get a break, the floor gets taken from me. Should I pack it up and move home or keep trying my luck out in Silicon Valley? This is Charles, 28. Now, Nick, sugar, I, I put this, this question on you for the show because as a therapist, I can help with a lot of emotional things. I can help with doubt and fear and how to live your life more with purpose. And, but with this, I'm like, I don't know shit about Silicon Valley. This is a whole <laughs> – this is like a whole web. And so I'm definitely going to let you lead first with this an- answer because I'm interested in your thoughts. Well, this is a tough one because there's so much startup money going around in in the Valley, in San Francisco right now, where where Charles is absolutely right. It just takes one hit. And this is what everybody is there for. That's why they're working the crazy long hours. That's why they're paying $5,000 a month for rent in San Francisco, because of this one chance of being on the ground floor of the next Airbnb, of the next Uber, of the next Facebook, Google, whatever. And that is a very sexy, appealing thing for a lot of young people. The The challenge is, is that exciting for you? And it's it's a needle in a haystack, like, right? You know, he'd say, hey, I've been here four years, and I, I haven't found that yet. But it's like these companies are unicorns for a reason, and that they're very, very rare. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. hard. It, it's, it's, it's kind of a lottery strategy, you know? You're, you're banking I was just, on, I was you're just banking thinking on that. an outsized you know, reward for relative to the input. And it's something that you don't necessarily have a lot of control over. And I don't know if you'd have more control over, you know, going back and working on this distributor business or distributorship business. But the, I guess the, the root of the question is, you know, what's, what's the most exciting, you know, if playing that Silicon Valley lottery is exciting for you, like absolutely stick it out or, you know, maybe there's there's probably a third option in there somewhere where it's like, you know, find something that you care about and, you know, see if there's uh, something there. Oh, OK, good. I would have said something very similar to that, Nick. So just what he said, Charles. No, uh, <laughs> okay, well, I'm taking cues from the therapist. You could be you could be a therapist now, Nick Loper. Um, no, I do. Th- I, I like that you actually talked about what is fun. I'll never forget. Um, I'm a big I'm going to get real gay, Nick. And maybe your wife knows who it is, but I love the Barefoot Contessa, Ina Garten on the Food Network. I don't know if y'all ever watched that show. I, I love it. I, it sounds, I'm, I can be about barefoot though. Uh, well, she's like one of the most successful like food chefs. She's just as successful. I mean, I was like Jada and all them sold a million cook, I mean, millions of cookbooks. But she started her cooking business as it was a side, uh, a side business. She was actually, um, she uh, did, was a nuclear policy strategist for the uh, White House. And that's what she did. And she hated right. that job. Ooh, shoot, I should have her on the show. Uh, yeah, she was so bored by it. And so she um, so she started just kind of her husband, who is uh, her husband is actually I don't know if he still is, but he was the president of the Yale School of Business. And um, but anyway, he just said, do what you love. Find something fun. And so she talks about uh, there's a couple articles I could send it to you, but she just talks about how that's really what has guided her ever since. And she saw this cooking store. She had never she cooked for fun, but never ran a cooking catering business ever in her life and just thought this would be fun and she tried it and then it blew up and then she did it for 20 years and then she was getting bored with it and she's like 
eh, I want to take a break. And then she thought, oh, it'll be fun to write a cookbook. And then that's when her real career actually blew up, when she hmm. became a household name. Then she was approached by the Food Network to do a show, and she thought, well, that would be fun. And that's just kind of what she always says, is I always think about what is fun for me. So, Charles, I feel like, because at the end of the day, yes, we're, we're all working to make money, but I'll, again, one of my cousin, my cousin Kelly uh, told me when I was very young, when I was in high school going into college, she gave me that good advice of, what would you do if money wasn't an option and you didn't have to work, you would have food and clothing and all that, you just would want to do something. And she said, That's, find something that you can do, like we're here now, find that thing and then figure out how you can make money doing something in that kind of wheelhouse i love it. we've got the whole maddie family tree going we got cousins we got dad brothers <laughs> uh boyfriends we, you know, who, who else do we bring on the show it's a crazy ass southern family bless my heart that's all i gotta say well can we talk about you know do something fun do you know do what you're passionate about is you know so overplayed so cliche like i don't i don't want that to be i don't want that to be my takeaway um because there has yeah. to be a practical element behind it too exactly like, like, that yeah you know, my friend huge baseball fan he's like i sometimes i feel god put me on this earth to play second base you know what the time for you to play professional baseball has long passed and you know but he's like i could still you know play on the weekends i can still watch baseball like that's totally fine i have to do something else that i enjoy you know to make money and he's you know gone into real estate has his own brokerage now and he's done really well with that because it's like you know i you know found a way to make it like the shoe business like i was on my own worst customer i probably bought like three pairs of shoes over 10 years but it was like you know the process of building the business of trying to optimize it of you know you know working out different deals and partnerships like that was the fun part not that was the product the itself yeah and yeah, so exactly. With the distributor business, distributing business, I don't know what you're distributing um, in Seattle. It could be anything. The, you know, maybe there's a maybe there's a different angle to look at it or gamify it that makes mm -hmm. it more interesting and more fun. No, and I think what that goes to because I agree with that too. I think there definitely is obviously find a passion or whatever. But like I say to people all the time. I get bored with my passion. So again, it's like, you can't say, oh, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm in. And I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. Because for a lot of people, then that they falter because it's just, they lose interest in it. Whereas looking at, I love what you just said. I, I think there's going back to the whole, doing the whole leap and net will appear thing and all that. I, I think it's just as smart and reasonable to be practical about what you could possibly do for a side job or for, or for any job. So for Charles, I, you know, I think it's about going to what's fun, but also going to, like you just said, like, what do you actually enjoy doing? And because the process of, like you said, it's not even sometimes about the product. It's about, I mean, that is my boyfriend. He will sell, market, almost anything because he loves doing that. He loves the business of that. And it's super interesting for him meeting people and figuring out what their needs are and then helping solve that problem. He loves it. I work, so, I work in sales and marketing. My passion is working with tech entrepreneurs. I got a, um, Charles, I have an, an episode of the Side Hustle Show you got to check out. Just from really recently, a guy in Boulder with kind of a product marketing background started targeting, you know, Boulder area startups through some of the accelerators and landed, you know, some significant consulting work through that. And, you know, probably not gearing up for that big exit unless, well, the other alternative, hey, I'm going to waive my fee or I'm going to take a percentage off my fee for an equity share, like in some of these Ooh. early stage startups. So that would be an interesting one to check out. We can link that. Do you one remember up. what, what episode that is? Um, I will send you the link. I'll put it in the show notes if you just want to send me the link. You can do it. You got you it. It's a 183. All right. Episode 183. See, look at that. 
All right. Um, oh, I'm so glad you're here because I would fuck this up, Nick Loper. You were answering great. All right. This next question, this is from Lee, um, age, and I'm assuming a female. Not that it matters, but it's Lee spelled that way, like Vivian Lee. Uh, Lee's 31, and she says, Dear Maddie, you've mentioned the four-hour work week on your show before. I read that back, and I was very inspired by it. Here's my question. What should I do? Oh, this is a nice segue to what we were talking about, Nick. Um, Here's my question. What should I do? Currently, I'm a teacher, and I know I should say working with kids is, quote, amazing and, quote, life-changing, but honestly, I'm not happy doing it. Um, but I really don't want... But I really don't want to go back and get another degree when I just got out of school less than 10 years ago. So, yes, I want to start an automated business, but I have no idea what to do. What steps can I take to figure out what the hell I want to do? Charles, I hope you're still listening to the show because I think, I think Nick Loper is about to drop some hashtag truth talk for you, some wisdom. I'm glad you said Lee because I, I see this name written all the time. I never know how to pronounce it. So thank you for that. You're welcome. I, I mean, that's the dream, right? An automated business. <laughs> that, 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 that is what we all want. I just want to automate their Maddie just to talk to people. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds great. So, you know, if, if the teaching isn't fun for you, you know, absolutely, you know, that's, that's not the place to be because that rubs off on the kids and that, you know, that can not be good for them, they, you know, years, yeah. years down the road, right? Like we all remember the teachers that we had that, you know, shaped our lives. Yeah. Um, Mrs. Smith hates me. Yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, so, w w the, the, you know, where I would start is to probably take inventory of your skills. Like, you, you know, you've been teaching the classroom for a lot of years. Like, you have public speaking experience. You probably have subject matter expertise in everything that you taught. Um, you have experience working with kids, but, we're, you know, probably crossing that off because the last thing you need is a side hustle that you also dislike. One of the interesting angles, um, you know, specifically from the teaching business, um, you know, is going to older kids for, for tutoring or, you know, creating course material or like study prep stuff, which that's something that could be a digital asset or something that could be, you know, you create once and sold over and over again. One of the interesting angles from the teacher perspective actually comes from a couple called Shane and Jocelyn Sams. They run a website called flippedlifestyle.com. And I think she was a librarian and he was a you know, football coach and, and maybe gym teacher, maybe a math teacher at the school. And what they started to do was put together uh, lesson plans for other teachers. And, oh. like, you know, I'm making my teacher, Sally, I think they're in Kentucky or West Virginia or someplace. And, like, there's a very low ceiling on what I'm ever going to earn in my career as a teacher. But, you know, now I have potential to reach thousands and thousands of teachers and help them out across the country, you know, by creating something that will serve them, creating something that will help them out. And so I'm, I'm wondering if there's something along those lines that, uh, that Lee may be able to do. Yeah, I know that, you know, I, I read the four hour work week too many years ago and I do mention it, not all the time, but I've mentioned it before. Um, it was kind of the first book I ever read kind of in this vein of entrepreneur stuff. Uh, but I think for, and I didn't have not done this in some regards, but I definitely had to do with the podcast, Lee, is like you said, Nick, like in the realm that you're in, where is there a need? Like, where do you think there's honestly just a problem that could, that you could possibly solve for teachers or administrators or students and, and just start even that, even if it does, if that's not what you end up doing, it at least I think is getting you. Uh, in that mindset of solving problems. And I think people that are successful at business 
often are are very very good problem solvers and they see the need and then know and know how to offer a solution basically that's kind of my experience i'm not the expert nick loper uh, but i think that could be absolutely. helpful for lee the one one thing that's scary about this note is i i don't want to go back and get another degree and it's scary that that's kind of the first thing that that comes to mind so i don't want you to go get another degree either because the value of that education especially if it's going to debt to get that degree is questionable, yeah. especially at this kind of like soul searching point in time where I'm like, I'm not really sure what I want to do. Like, don't, don't go 50 grand in the hole just to kick that can down the road. Like there are much more affordable ways to, to figure that out yeah. and, and buy yourself some time. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that too. That's not, and yeah, there's, yes, Lee. So, all right. I think that's it. That's it for the questions. We only have two today, but, um, Th- th- that was nice how they went together. I um, just kind of, I've like never that. been on a podcast like this. This is kind of a different thing. Oh, nice. Well, you know, it came from Dear Abby, and then I mean, it really for me was, I mean, I guess Charles, going back to your question of, yes, I think you should, uh, you know, be practical about what makes business, but at the same time too, like I started the Dear Maddie show just because honestly, I was just I had a bad friend breakup, and I just needed it as an artist and somebody a creative person, which I actually think you nick i think we're all creative i think we're all have that what we just it's not maybe not fine arts but like you said whether it's working with people and you enjoy like what you enjoy doing in your shoe business i still i really actually think that that is art what you were creating is artistic what would it cost you to, to start the show but for me to cost this show cost me all together like and i wanted a nice fancy website from my amazing web designer patrick hine total with that and equipment and everything it cost me probably about sixteen hundred dollars to start a podcast okay so not that no not that it was like i, I actually yeah I, I added up once it was like 15 and change and it's, so, it's a beautiful looking site so my site already existed crappy you know free wordpress theme uh less than 100 bucks to start the show yeah completely exactly. a life-changing decision for less than 100 bucks yeah Exactly. Exactly. That. Thank you. I was literally just about to say that. So thank you. So yeah, it doesn't take very much, but I did this podcast just out of the joy of wanting to do something to feel like I was just doing something towards what I want to do. And then not even with the expectation of making money on it. And you know, I've sold a show on it. We're shopping it to networks and like it's, I've gotten, I'm a commercial actor. I've gotten commercials because people have heard my podcast or saw people talk about it. Like it, it de- it's like whole, rolled like, in something I never thought. Yeah. It turns into this whole like digital resume. Like here's my, here's some of my body of work. Like you can check it out. It's public. And that's awesome that it's translating into like real work. Yeah. And I don't, well, and I don't mean that to, to brag. I just mean <laughs> that Charles, like if there really is something to just, um, just doing something to committing to something that just gives you some type of that fulfills your curiosity. So, yeah. So there you go. And now I'm off the soapbox on that one. Um, but anyway, what, what yeah, I'm glad you, you like, like, am I going to see you on TV? What commercials are you doing? Um, I don't know if I have it. Well, no, I do have an Intel like web commercial airing now. Like it's, um, it, the, com- the main commercials with Jim Parsons and in like about a computer being lost in a cab and he's running with this woman. But then online they'll show commercials of people getting into a cab, looking at an old, like 19, 97 computer like a laptop and we're kind of because i do stand-up comedy and improv so we're kind of just improving jokes about it okay um probably my biggest commercial though i was in a commercial for hotels.com um that just i just got released from that commercial it ran for about a year and a half almost two years and it was where this guy gets locked out of he's with captain obvious and he gets locked out of the hotel room in his underwear okay and that's um, you <laughs> i'm the guy in the underwear yeah okay. that was my 
No. That was my big I'm I did that. I did it on YouTube afterwards. Oh, you can go to, I think it's on my commercial. We're at DearMaddieShow.com. Okay. Um, but uh, I was in a Justin Timberlake commercial for Target. Got to meet Justin Timberlake and work with him. Oh, cool. Um, LasVegas.com, KFC. Um, you know, just, right, I've you, been you very can lucky. You all of this if you want to. <laughs> no, oh, it's fine. I, I don't edit. Nick Loper, I don't edit this shit. I'm like, <laughs> it's fine. People can hear it again. You're welcome. No, it's fine. But yeah, but it's great. Commercial, I, I did, again, I started that because I thought I could be good at it, but I really was just interested in it. And like one of my goals on my dream board that I'm looking at right now, my dream shelf, there's a picture of the guy who's the I'm a pepper guy because I just want to be in a Dr. Pepper commercial for bringing it back to family because my grandma Hazel loved Dr. Pepper and loved those commercials. And so it's just a lifelong dream. So, uh, you know, okay, I definitely think there is something <laughs> there. Yeah, I think there's something definitely about being practical and business, but also just at the end of the day, I want everything to have some type of connection for me, either to fun or family or heart, just because if not, like I told you earlier, I have gay DD, so I get bored. So I've got to have something that keeps me driving towards it. Yep. But, um, all right. Well, speaking of getting, getting deep, Nick Loper, it's time for chatty Matty questions. So these are the same five questions I ask every guest every week. So, um, there's it will be no mercy for you as well. So good luck. All right, is this and like light, lightning round stuff? No, it's not lightning round. You can answer them as quickly or as fast as, or as slow as you want. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the first chatty matty question is: What is your most memorable childhood smell? Childhood smell. I'm trying to think of a good one. Well, there's a couple that that come to mind. You know, the first. So we you know grew up skiing so we grew up in seattle and you know we go to the mountains like 45 minutes east of town and that's, that's the worst part about living in california is three hours to get up to the mountains um and so we would drive up friday nights after school and you get out of the car and like the, you know people will tell you that snow doesn't have any smell but you can totally smell like the fresh like freshly fallen snow like it's all mm. cold like that was an awesome smell for me and then kind of like mm. starting the fire in the cabin like kind of you know brings back some memories and then you know, you know, going, just going down to the water or going down to the lake, you know, where, you know, you can kind of smell the, you know, gross, like milfoil and, and stuff like that's a good smell for me too. Cause it's like, ah, oh, you know, the, the water and you, we, we take, we definitely took for granted like water that was clear in Washington versus water that's brown in California. Mm, yeah. 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 Oh, that, that sounds beautiful. I've still have never been, I've never been to Portland, Seattle. I've never been to the Northwest. And I think everybody tells me that if I go up there, I'll never move back. They say it's my type of, I really love trees, like huge trees. I miss that. In California, we don't have that. I give two shits about palm trees <laughs> or the beach. So it's not my thing. You'll, you'll but, land there and you'll be like, oh my gosh, it's green. Like what is going on? It's, it's a um, weird thing to land there in the middle of summer and have it be green. I would love that. I would love that. Um, well, okay. So I know you're writing a book now. However, though, Chatty Maddie number two is what would be the name of your memoir? It would be something like, I wish I was half as smart now as I was at 16 or like confessions of a reformed know-it-all or something like that. Oh, I love that. Ooh, I, you know, hashtag copyright that. That is a great title. <laughs> it probably Write that down. <laughs> now, if someone steals it, Nick Loper coined it here. Okay. He's suing you. Um, all right, chatting men. Patent pending, yeah. I don't know. I was just like, I think I was an annoying teenager just because, you know, I thought I had, you know, the whole world figured out and very, very clearly didn't. But, you know, it, it took a while to, to, have, <laughs> to have some humility handed to me. Oh, yeah. And did you have siblings as well? I have one younger brother. Oh, you're like, how, how much younger? He's two years or two years apart. 
oh, you're pretty much just like me and my brother. Are you close, or did it like, were you a good big brother, or did you give him a lot of shit? No, we we were really close growing up, and kind of drifted apart like since college. Uh, oh, see, it's a sad note now. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring. Did I bring yeah, it? I'm sorry. I don't know. I think we're okay with it. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. As long as you're okay. Um, all right. Chatty Maddie number three. What's the best piece of advice you'd wish? In, well, sorry, I shit that question. Shit the bed. Let me say that again. What's the best piece of advice you wish you'd taken earlier in life? I don't know if it's advice. Like, what would be a good piece of advice? Like, you're not. <laughs> you're going to live through this, or you know, it's going to be okay. I don't know if that counts as advice. Yeah. All of the, you know, stressful moments in my day and in my week and in my month, like in the big, big picture are a hundred percent first world problems. Like they're like this week was having like a website issue. Cause like the HTTPS version wasn't redirecting or it looked all gross to the HTTP. It was like, you know, like I, you know, I can't, eat i can't sleep until this is done and <laughs> it's a website like it's i was just you know take take a step back like, it's gonna be fine like sometimes i have to tell myself that um and you know for all the ups and downs in in business it's like it it happens it does that you're still you know you you live through it or you, or you figure out a way around it and it's kind of like like matt damon in the martian right you solve one problem at a time you do what you can do and yeah you just try and live live to find another day one step, one step. I always say when I'm in those, I tell clients that I life coach and myself when you're in that, I just say, and I say to myself sometimes, I'll be freaking out. I'll go, Matt, just stop, drop, and breathe. Mm-hmm. Just like take some breaths. Yes. And it kind of like brings me back, yeah, to perspective. Yeah, that's, I think that's what comes in the breath is just perspective because I lose that. Uh, all right, Chatty Matty number four, what day would be your Groundhog Day? So what day was so awesome you would just, you could live that day over and over? Well, we had uh, an absolute blast at our you know, wedding weekend. So we had, um, so we'd actually gotten married in secret at the San Francisco City Hall about six months earlier, like on our on our like, real anniversary. Uh-huh. Um, I think it was our 10, 10 or eleven year anniversary. I can't remember. And but then you know six months later, we told everybody, "Hey, we're getting married. Uh, you know, come down to Cabo." Because other what we really wanted was a vacation with all our friends. And we know, hey, yeah. you're not going to show up unless we tell you it's a wedding. And so that's what we did. We told everybody it was a, a wedding. You know, we had this ceremony on the beach and all like you know the stereotypical stuff. But for three days, we just you know we're hanging out and partying with our you know all of our closest friends. And I would go back in a heartbeat. That was uh, that was a ton of fun. Oh, that's, did you tell your mothers and your fathers, did your family that you got married early or no one? No one knew my wife's, we told my wife's grandma cause we knew she wasn't going to make the trip. Um, and she was the only one who knew and she stayed tight lipped about it. That's awesome. The first few days, You're like, a rep. I was like, you know, wearing my ring around the house. Like the first few days were really hard <laughs> to, you know, not cause we had, we, you know, we had a photographer there who signed as our witness and the pictures oh, were yeah. like, really, really cool. And it was, and then it got easier after you know a few weeks went by. <laughs> that is, you know, I that it reminds me of like this is so weird. I didn't think I would relate this way, but being a gay guy, I just have I've been in relationships where somebody's not out or something like that. So it is like keeping a secret. Mm. So, although that that's kind of sad, where that yours is just awesome. We, we um, outed <laughs> ourselves like on the like a reception tables where we had pictures of the actual wedding, and then slowly people were like wait, what's, you know, what's this? And then, you know, the, the word spread and it was kind of fun. That's 
Awesome, awesome. Okay, Chatty Maddie, number five, last one. When are you most inspired? I am most inspired like at the initial onset of a really fun new idea, like you know where you get this creative burst and you're just like you know mapping this all out in your head and you know it's a ton of fun like that's when you can you know work straight through meals and you work late at night because you're just like i you know i got to get this out of my head or i got to get this idea down and it's really really energizing and and the, the trick is to try and keep that keep that momentum up you know the next day through in the next you know months and years through the long slog of the you know the process of building this project out or whatever it is uh, to take you know to bring it to you know reality but that's where it's, that's probably you know my version of gdd like you said where it's like mm-hmm. you know this is gonna be so cool and like oh you know totally like squirrel you know going off in different directions <laughs> that's uh, yeah I really, uh, yeah, I really, to me, that's like the artistic frenzy, like whether it's Mozart or whether it's Steve Jobs or whether it's you, uh, do you see how I just see the company I just gave you, that Nick was, Loper? Very generous. <laughs> you can use that quote compared to Mozart and Steve Jobs, Nick Loper. Yes. Um, but yeah, there is that. And, I, and so that's why when a lot of people say, oh, I'm not artistic or I'm not creative, I'm like, yes, you are. It's just a different sense. Like my boyfriend once said that. And I said, no, you are. Cause he is that same way when he has the idea, it becomes this thing. He just has to like sleep, breathe, eat it, everything. And I love that too. So, well, Nick Loper, you are done. We, we are fit. You did it. You did your first Dear Maddie show episode. So thank you so much. So I hope it wasn't too painful. Not painful. This, you know, like I said, never been on a show like this before. Thank you so much for having me. Tons of fun. Well, yeah, it's again, like, you know, basically I've had all my comedian and actor friends. We've had enough dick jokes. It's time for some substantial stuff on this show. (laughs) (laughs) It's time. I gotta go listen to the archives to see what I'm up (laughs) to. Please do, please do, please do. And again, so everybody can go to SideHustleNation.com, correct? Yes. Great. And that they can find all things there. Uh, and they can find you on, are you Side Hustle Nation on social media? I think I follow you, but I forgot what your handle is. I'm at N Loper on Twitter, and that's probably my m- most active social media. All right, then. Cool. Well, and yeah, go on there and look for the book. And again, if you subscribe to Side Hustle Nation, if you like the show, go leave a review. And as well, leave a review for Dear Maddie. Cause, and if you can figure out how to do it from your phone audience and I'm just stupid, which is probably, please tell me. Please, please let me know on the Facebook page or email me. And email your questions, everybody. We always need your questions. So, again, thank you so much to my guest, Nick Loper from Side Hustle Nation. You you were great. You were, I feel like you're a calm, a calm presence in my life. Oh, very zen over here. We're having a zen yeah. afternoon. Well, thanks so much for having me, man. No problem. For the rest of you, do something for someone this week, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Sugars, do you feel inspired? I hope you do. I really hope you do. I know this is a different type of show for me. Let me know what you think of this. Go to DearMattyShow.com and let me know if it resonated with you, if you like these type of shows. If you don't, your feedback is so important to me, and, you know, uh, I feel like... The more and more feedback I get from you, I realize this isn't, you know, my show. It's it's really our show. And so we're, we're we can kind of create this together. You just got to let me know, sugar. Um, so, hey, you know the drill. It's write a review, uh, write a review, write a question in if you uh, want me to answer it because, you know, I love answering your questions. Also, 
do write a review of this podcast if you like it. Also, um, I've got that podcast going on with, with Poodle, a.k.a. Jake, TVT Time. You can go to that website. It's tvttime.com or you can, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can download it. If you do like that show, do leave a review for that. Even if you just click on the little link and just put five stars and don't write anything, it's super, super helpful. Um, we're just trying to get the word out about that podcast. I would love to be on a new and noteworthy list for that. We shall see, sugars. But yeah, so April, let's do this, okay? It's warming up. The days are longer. We're feeling energized. It's time to create something. I don't know. I'm feeling like, I don't know. I feel like a Mercury retrograde's coming up, and you know I love that shit. I think I'm the only one, but retrogrades go well for me. I just lost half of you. You're probably like, what the hell is a, I don't live in California, and we don't talk about retrogrades because we're, we're living life. We're doing real shit. But sorry, in California, we always talk about the retrograde. So, sugars, I'm so glad to be back from this little break. I appreciate you listening so much. It just, uh, I feel like I'm back and at home in my little comfy chair just being able to talk to y'all. All right. I love you. Hope you're having a good week. And do something for someone this week and be of service. All right. Bye. Bye.